Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to another episode of Baraka Broadcast. In these episodes, we'll be listening to people from our Muslim community and talk about the struggles they face through their journey and try to learn and benefit from them, inshallah, and try to bring the ummah together one broadcast at a time. Today, our guest is Brother Jabir Tharin. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Jabir. How are you doing today? Waalaikumsalam wa rahmatullah. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Muneeb. Uh, it's an honor. Zakallah khairan for joining us with your busy schedule. Um, to start off, if you could introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jabir Tarin. Um, I'm a Bay Area native, uh, born and raised uh, here in the Tri-City, Fremont, Hayward, Union City. Um, I'm from an uh, Afghan family. Uh, both my parents were immigrants to this country uh, in the late 80s, and so I kind of came up in that uh, family dynamic. Uh, alhamdulillah, I did my undergraduate education at CSU East Bay, and mm-hmm. then I completed my master's degree at um, at a private university called Weiser, based out of Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, here in California, um, as well as sort of simultaneously studying Sharia on a full-time basis, actually starting on a part-time basis, um, but then navigating through that, and then ultimately sort of going towards completion of that it's been a 10-year journey for me, so certainly a little bit unorthodox. Um, but alhamdulillah, this September will be the completion of my 10 years of uh, formal uh, Shari education. Uh, I'm married with uh, two beautiful uh, young girls as my, uh, my, my children, uh, and I'm still a Bay Area resident t- till this day. Alhamdulillah. So you mentioned you did college and then did Sharia together. How did that go for you? So it was certainly not easy. Um, Let's just make that really clear. Um, I would also even maybe suggest or add that uh, it's not for everyone. And I only say that because um, while we may have the zeal for it, like this really natural inclination to want to do that, um, everyone has to see their own capacity um, and if you don't have the capacity to do so, it can sh- certainly be uh, quite exhausting. Um, but for me and my own situation and my own experience, one of the things that I had to uh, sort of come to terms with was I wanted to study higher Islamic education. And therefore, um, I said, you know what, when the opportunity uh, uh, makes itself available, I'm going to jump on it. And it just so happened that at that time when I had started my undergraduate education, uh, an informal part-time Arabic course had opened up three days mm-hmm. a week in the late evenings. I took that. We were a group of 15 students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do that in the evenings while I would have my college courses in the daytime. Uh, after X amount of months, uh, that group of 15 dwindled down to nine, that nine down to four, that four down to three, the three down to two. Uh, and then ultimately there was just one left. Um, but then Alhamdulillah, then I was inter- able to integrate into the full-time program, which is Monday through Friday from morning, mm-hmm. approximately 8 a.m. till about Dhuhr. Um, And then that's kind of when I picked up the pace at that point. So it was difficult. I had a lot of juggling I needed to do. There was a lot of sacrifices that need to be made. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, we did what we could and, and we pray that Allah accepts that from us. Yeah. So coming here... And being an Afghani background and going to like private universities, 
what was the struggles you faced? And as I know, you also are the founder of Makbul Clothing. How did that come to be? And what were your struggles to starting that? Okay, so definitely. So I, I can say in terms of higher education, let's address that first point. Um, I, so my whole family dynamic um, from my grandparents, uh, from my mother's side who are still alive, to the youngest member of my family, my extended family, we're approximately 70 members total. Um, and from those entire, that entire group, um, I am the only one with a master's degree level education. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't actually think that. I initially thought that one of my uncles or, uh, had his master's degree. And that's actually, it's a really funny story. But I got into a master's program with the assumption that, you know, we were talking about earlier before we went uh, onto the podcast, but how when you know that someone else has done something, it makes your journey easier. Mm-hmm. So you have more confidence. So as a matter of fact, when I, when I was thinking about getting into a grad program, when I found out that one of my uncles had already received his master's degree, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just ask him as reference. So here we go. I'm approximately four months into my master's program. I get accepted. I'm into the program. And I, we happen to have a family get together. And I asked him, I said, hey, you know, what was your program like? It's so interesting. Now I've just started. I think this would be a great time for me to ask you. And he's eating and he looks up and he goes, I never went, I never got a master's degree. I said, no, no, no. You know, you're, you you know, you have this really successful life. How did you ultimately, he's like, yeah, I never got a master's degree. I was thinking about it, but I never did it. And then my whole worldview shifted because now I realize I'm the only one doing this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be the first in my family uh, to do this if I complete. So there was certainly pressure there, but I, I think what it was, was just like this natural push to ensure that if I started something to try to complete it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very thankful that I had that drive. Uh, Allah blessed me with that ability to kind of know that if I'm in something, you got to get started. You got to complete it. If you started it, you got to complete it. However, Makbul clothing, uh, it's currently where I'm at right now. So Makbul clothing is, a uh, was a long time passion of mine, a desire of mine, uh, from, I think before, I think I was a I think I was 15 and a half when I first started to re uh, assess my life in terms of my relationship with Allah. Mm-hmm. And since then I had always wanted to wear more outwardly appearing Islamic clothing. And every time I would try to, you know, get some stuff, it would either be, you have to wait for someone to bring it from overseas or go buy it from some store. But then the store that I would go to had like either it was too big or not my size or not my style or not what I wanted. Um, and then in 2012, actually in 2012, I believe it was my second year in college. Mm-hmm. I had said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm doing my own thing. My classmates in college kind of laughed at me. We, we, we went for summer break and I was like, I'm doing this come fall the next year. Here I have this, you know, Islamic clothing store. Um, and that's kind of where it started. I was kind of a one man operation. My parents helped me. You know, we had, you know, uh, it was very difficult. I had to do a lot of market research, a lot of kind of figuring out where I'm going to buy stuff from, et cetera. But ultimately, alhamdulillah, I was able to do so. And we were able to kind of bring the product in. And we've opened in 2012. This year will literally be our ninth year in operation. This Ramadan will be our ninth year. Again, we couldn't be more thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing us. But it's been a journey. So now you can imagine Islamic clothing store undergraduate education and studying and studying part-time Sharia studies 
sort of all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was certainly a challenge, but you know, when you're young, uh, some of the scholars of the past used to say, um, um, uh, ash-shabab, uh, or, or ash-shab, uh, uh, so youth is a branch of madness and insanity. So I don't know, perhaps it was that branch of insanity that sort of kept me going, but we are where we are. So Alhamdulillah. So what inspired you to go through the difficulty you faced while studying and the pressure you had in master's degree? What inspired you to be like, yeah, I need this master's degree and be the first one. And also do Sharia, also do undergrad, do Makbul clothing all together with all the like juggling that you said earlier, you had to do with like going one place, going another place. How did you keep going and what inspired you to keep going? Yeah, like I mentioned, I, I think I just had this natural, uh, this, this, this way of thinking where if I started something, I know that I had to finish it. I, I just knew that I had to finish. The, the feeling of regret was something I could never really live with mm-hmm. uh, in myself. So I knew that if I were to pick up a task, I knew that I couldn't just kind of let it go just like that. I'd have to see it to the end. Or I'd have to have a really excellent way of transitioning from, you know, from the task at hand to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, it was when I was adding all these things to my sort of daily routine and regimen, I just needed, I just needed to see where in my schedule I had time to do it. And I would just, I would do something. I don't think I was comfortable having free time. I think the concept of free time scared me. Um, and really, ultimately, I would say from a much more spiritual and, um, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I guess a, a, a private relationship between me and Allah, a thought that I had, a recurring thought that I had was, was that, look, uh, ultimately, one way or another, we're going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I don't know which one of my actions will be accepted by Allah. I really don't. I don't know if it's, you know, whatever, whatever I've done in my life, I don't know what will be accepted. So why not capitalize and try to do as many good things as I possibly can while I still can, you know, and that included just traveling a lot. I traveled a lot, attending various programs and halakas. I tried to stay in the gatherings of the scholars as, as much as I could, studying as much as I could, working with, you know, in the service of people as much as I could. At that time where in my youth, literally this was from, I think it started for me when I was about 17 years old, that drive Mm -hmm. sort of came when I was about 17 years old. And I won't say it's died down, but I'll say that like it's prime time was between 17 and 25. Mm -hmm. In those years, I was able to do all these things. Again, none of this is possible without without the tawfiq of Allah, the divine enablement. However, ultimately, you know, when a person has that, uh, I feel like when a person has that sort of uh, drive and you are a go-getter, you're a mover and a shaker, you can accomplish a a ton of different things. So alhamdulillah, I'm just, I'm very thankful. But, you know, we have to not limit ourselves, I think. And I think that was just my narrative. So in in my last question, I'll have a couple points that I want, I would love to get an answer from you. One is... As the youth go to college and I would like as my generation is going to college soon or are in college right now, as you pursue double enrollment, like double education, 
what is something you could give advice to them? And then also, what is some advice that you could give to young generation, the youth that want to pursue their passion, but are not able to, or they think it's going to be too much work for them? Yeah, yeah. So for the first question, how I would advise if a person wanted to study their formal education, but like maybe do like Shari education as, or, or a dual education, my advice in that regard would be just ensure that what is your objective, what is your main objective, first and foremost? If you're studying in your college education or your higher education studies, complete that first. Make sure that you're accomplishing your main goals first. Mm-hmm. And this isn't to say that if you also want to study Shari education to put that on hold, but understand that everything in life has its place. Everything has a time and everything has the appropriate time for you to go and do that thing. A person should learn their fardain when it comes to their religious education. They're necessary essentials. They should mm-hmm. absolutely do, learn that. But now to take it up an- another notch and say, I want to study formal higher learning, higher education. Well, understand that currently you're in college. And so right now you might not have the capacity to add on an, an, uh, you know, another total you know, uh, five units or, or sorry, five classes, another 18 to 24 units worth of education. That's a ton of work. So what I would say is, is that even if you were to study one, take one subject once a week alongside your regular sort of routine with your education, that's excellent. Do so. And as a matter of fact, that would be my recommendation because a little bit every single day or a little bit every week will eventually add up four or five years later once you graduate from college. And then, of course, then you can pursue higher education if you wanted to or more classes, etc. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or, or, or the Nabi والسلام, teaches us in a hadith, that the most beloved actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those which are done consistently, even if they may be small. Mm-hmm. And from that, which is kind of uh, a big lesson in my life, I've understood that if your main objective is to be in school or in, in, in college, Ensure that you complete that in the absolute best way possible. And then if you're to study Sharia along the, uh, you know, um, along the way, then of course you can do so, but not forgetting your main objective at the time, which is to complete your education and then study Sharia uh, along the way. And then your second question, I think, was what general advice did you have? What did general I have? advice you have for the young generation that want to pursue a passion or they want to pursue something but then are afraid to do so or have like back thoughts in their mind. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I would say that you'll never know unless you try. You will really never know unless you try. Now, this is my own personal sort of take on things. Like I mentioned, the regret of having said that I could have done something, but then I didn't was something I could never live with myself. It was just too strong of an emotion for me to, ignore. So therefore, for me, whenever I felt like, you know what, I am about this project, I took that project on and I went for it. And I, I, I would give that same advice to anybody else. If you want to learn something, a skill, you want to take on a hobby, you want to do something, but you're just afraid to take that first step. Remember, you will really never know unless you try. And, and perhaps I'll maybe share this story and then, you know, we can continue or, or what have you. But you know, I, I heard the story once of uh, just some motivational speaker and it, it was the story was interesting. 
he mentioned soft shell crab always need to find a shell to live under, right? Mm-hmm. And when they grow, they grow and then they outgrow the shell. So they have to throw that shell off, find another shell that's bigger, wear that shell until, you know, for a couple of days, few weeks until they outgrow that. And they constantly have to do this until they continue to grow. But the lesson here is actually that the way that that soft shell crab is actually growing is because he's in discomfort. His shell's too tight. So he can't grow now. So until you experience the discomfort, you will never grow. And I think that for the younger generations or the generation that's coming right after, this is an absolutely essential lesson that needs to be fortified in your mind mm-hmm. that going through discomfort is not a bad thing. It's actually how you grow. And I'll also add to that, that not feeling good all the time is good because to chase pleasure seeking, to, to live a life of pleasure seeking and instant gratification will never actually fill the void in your life that maybe we tend to seek. But rather, it's just kind of like a, putting a Band-Aid on a major wound. So instead, consider and recognize that, you know what, I sometimes might need to go through some discomfort in order to achieve my bigger goals. And that mm-hmm. discomfort might be learning a new skill, spending time and learning a new language. It might be kind of exploring internships, you know, exploring projects. And you may fail at some, but that's part of life. But then you might be really good at other things. And that's where you excel. And I would just kind of leave everyone with that lesson that in my own life, in my own narrative, this has been my entire story, that you need to feel discomfort in order for you to grow. Well, Jazakallah Khairan, Brother Jabber, for joining us today and telling about how you started Makul Clothing and giving us an amazing lesson about life and how to pursue our dreams. Uh, inshallah, join us next time. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you for watching today's episode. Be sure to check out our other episodes as well as our Instagram page at Baraka Broadcast. Email us or comment down below and let us know what you think of our content. And if you have any questions, see you next time. Inshallah.